Welcome into the Ravens Press Pass podcast. It is Thursday, December 21st, and the Ravens are gearing up for a game on Monday against the San Francisco 49ers. Today, we had a chance to hear from the coordinators, so let's kick things off with special teams coordinator, Chris Horton. Good to see everyone. What questions do you have for me today? Chris, any uh, plans for Christmas going out to uh, San Francisco? I know, but you got any plans to still do anything with the family? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the way the schedule was set up for us, uh, we'll get an opportunity to be at home with our families uh, one day before we leave uh, on Saturday. So just looking forward to that. Uh, you know, it's that time of year just to be at home with the family. And then, uh, you know, my wife under understands, uh, you know, we got to go take care of business. And then you spend time out west with the other family, your football family. So uh, just looking forward to that and uh, really just focus on the game. been a beneficial this late in the year because you have guys who have done it you have guys who are ready to jump in in case of injury of course, Jeff. You know, it's uh, it's always good to have uh, guys that are on your team that, that can play those positions uh, where you don't really feel like you got to go ahead and start from scratch, uh, bringing guys in and working guys out in order to fill those roles. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I've said before, man, uh, when we get those guys due to certain situations, whoever we can put out there, those guys go out and just perform to the level of which we expect them to, to uh, play at. That was special teams coordinator Chris Horton. Next up is defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. Merry Christmas. How are we doing? When you look back at this win over Jacksonville, are you more proud of some consistent habit that, that your guys showed in a game like that? Like, you know, the, the amount of you know pass rushes you win or something, or are you more proud of an individually great play like the one Marcus made at the end of the half? What kind of lasts with you longer? Um, I think you're always looking at how we play. And when we play the right way and our focus is in the right spot, um, those are the things you're proud of. How you handle situations that come up throughout the game. Um, we can help, we can deal with all the rest, you know. Uh, to win a game like that, you got to be great in situational football. So proud of how we right recognize those situations you know, obviously the play at the end of the half, but just any, you know, any given third down, red zone, every play in and of itself is a different situation. So, um, you know, those ended up being in our favor and helped us win the football game. When you have to plan for a team with as many of these playmakers as, as, as this one, is it more invigorating to try to sort of figure out what to do or is it more anxiety inducing? Uh, <laughs> and it sounds weird. They're all the same. I mean, it's every, every team presents challenges because it's the NFL and everybody's really, really good. Uh, as we know, these guys are really, really good. So um, different challenges than you normally see on a week-to-week -week basis. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, the approach is the same. How unique is Christian McCaffrey in this team? <clears throat> well, I mean, he's just, he's a, he's obviously a, a great player. And uh, I think the way that they use him um, is a little bit different than how, you know, conventional running backs are being used because a lot of times He's playing a receiver role for them. Um, so, you know, he's part-time receiver, part-time running back, uh, blocker, lead blocker. Um, so the way they're able to make those guys interchangeable parts is, uh, is impressive. 
Mike, what we've seen at times, this is an offense that has had guys, some of those premier guys you mentioned, running wide open. I saw a couple times against the Cardinals that was the case. What do you see when you watch them schematically as to why they're able to get some of those guys into situations where nobody's near them? Well, uh, there's a few things. One, sometimes there's extended plays where they're running away from people that had matched them. The quarterback does a good job of finding them, and they got good chemistry late in the down, so that's one thing. Uh, I'd say, on the other hand, um, diagnosing what defense you're in and having certain route concepts that, that put stress on it, on, on those on those coverages, that's another one. And then just the, the way they operate through their progressions and um, running away from leverages and things like that. And everyone's on tune with you know, the windows that they're trying to hit and the spots on the field can see, sometimes seem like guys are you know consistently open so um, they got a great scheme obviously really well you know well coached and uh, the guys are executing a high level Mike, you know you were just identifying some things that San Francisco does with the quarterback I mean people are talking about Brock Purdy as a game manager in sort of a pejorative sense but is there something about what you've seen on film that you think that could that it sort of complements what the offense is trying to accomplish in San Francisco yeah I'm not gonna get in all that he's he's a great player man he's um He's a great player. I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, is in charge of what they're doing on offense, fully in control, as all the great quarterbacks are. So I'd put him up there with all the great quarterbacks. Mike, uh, everything that they do before the snap is obviously kind of a, a headache to deal with. Um, how does that kind of interplay with like how narrow of a formation relative to a lot of other NFL offenses are? Does it just kind of Create more traffic for you guys as you're trying to, you know, handle coverage distributions and get up on blocks and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of the formations are condensed, um, so you know how you count and who you relate to and things like that. Definitely testing your eye discipline. Um, definitely testing your communication, which is obviously one of the reasons that they do it. Um, changing the run fits. I mean, there's every play, every motion really has, should has a rhyme or reason on why they're doing it based on what they're trying to achieve. You just don't know in real time until after the play, so. Um, but yeah, having the condensed formations make it easier because the, the numbers change faster, whether, rather than being spread out, you have longer time to react. Like, uh, yeah, when we talked to Chris a few weeks ago, he said, you know, that you guys try to lie to the quarterback as much as possible. Was there someone or some game, some team or whatever that was kind of, you know, seminal for you in teaching you that that was of utmost importance? utmost importance in pass coverage in the secondary? Was it something you got from Wink or, or what? Uh, wasn't ready for that one, Jonas. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I think you're trying, I think it came from, like I said, actually my introductory press conference asked about aggressiveness. You know, you're, you're trying to be, um, you're trying to put pressure on, on the defense, That's that, or on the offense, excuse me. And that, that's something that's seminal to hear. That's a Raven uh, principle on, on how we want to operate. And I think the way you see that the game has evolved, being so pass heavy, you know, especially in critical situations, and the court and the offenses are so good, and the quarterbacks are so good. How, how do you can how do you consistently put pressure on them to make them make great decisions in real time? Uh, I think that's kind of what what the thought process was. That was defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, and last but not least, is offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. Todd, how excited are you for this challenge? Your offense going up against uh, a pretty good Niners defense. Yeah, they're really good. Um, it's a heck of a challenge, um, but it feels that way every week. Every week, I feel like um, 
when you coach, when you play at this level, it's the uh, ultimate challenge um, against the best coaches and the best players in the world. So uh, I think our guys are excited. Todd, I know you didn't want to lose Keaton Mitchell, but being able to bring up Melvin Gordon, what can he bring beyond just experience to add you know, potentially a new wrinkle to your offense? Well, I think if you go beyond experience, it's um, – First of all, he's made plays for us. I mean, at the Browns game, we had a huge third down that, you know, that he converted that, you know, and then obviously he had a big run early in the game. So over his career, he's made, he's made plays. Uh, he's been a powerful downhill runner. and He does show flashes in the past game. So we're, we're excited. You know, that's one advantage of, you know, last time I was in the NFL, like a guy like Melvin Gordon, you couldn't have on practice squad. Who knows where he'd be? That's one of the advantages of, whatever that role, whenever it came into play, when you can have some experienced veteran guys on practice squad, um, be able to step in and be able to help you win games. Uh, I know you've obviously seen so much of Lamar kind of Im improvise, make plays in the run, but what have you kind of learned about him and um, the way he runs an offense and, and kind of manifests your scheme? Um, expect the unexpected, I guess. You know, is um, I've I've said this a lot. You know, he's uh, highly competitive, loves football, um, hates to lose, um, is an elite player, wants to be an elite player, wants to grow as a player. Um, he has a unique ability to see the field, and a unique ability to make plays off schedule. That's just all the things you see, um, and so now you're just trying to. You know, every day, like he's trying, we're all trying is, you know, how do we get the ball out on time? How do we do a better job of uh, schematically, system-wise, uh, to not have him take some of those hits, you know, and not put himself at that in that position? Um, but uh, he's unique, that's for sure. And it's fun to watch. Is there anything about him that has surprised you? You know, you obviously knew his talents. Oh, I, I don't know if there's anything that's really surprised me. Um, I mean, he's been awesome to work with. You know, he, um, like I said, he's highly competitive, you know, strong-willed, loves playing football, loves his teammates, wants to be coached, and um, it shows up. Uh, how much of a worry is it that both of your starting tackles are banged up? going out to face a defensive front as talented as this one? Well, the guys have been playing all year, you know, uh, that way. They've, they've been awesome. Morgan and Ronnie have battled through a lot of, uh, you know, bumps and bruises and nicks here and there, and, and they've fought through it. And we've had to deal with other fronts, and this is just another one of those challenges. They do a great job up front. They're awfully well coached, and they're very talented. So. Uh, we'll have our work cut out for us, just like we did last week. I mean, both those ends were talented guys. And the week before, you know, when you play, you know, uh, against any NFL team, you have to be prepared for that. So, and it, it's been good to get those other tackles some work. You know, they've done a great job uh, spelling those guys to try and help us make through the game, you know. But uh, hats off to all of them. Obviously, it took a little time last week to get the, the wide receivers involved, it seemed, in the passing game. But that second half, when you kind of hit Jacksonville in the mouth with the power run game and some of the read option. How much of the ability to switch identities and beat teams in different ways is tied to Lamar as a player? 
Oh, it, it, it's tied, tied to your quarterback in a lot of ways. I mean, what they can do with their arm and what they can do with their legs, you know, and then the guys you have around them, and then, then how the game goes. Sometimes a game goes a certain way. The week before, we had two different two-minute opportunities. So we talked about that last week where the numbers are going to be skewed in terms of throwing it, you know, right before the half and then the end of the game against the Rams, where last week the game, as it went on, was more about, hey, how can we churn out yards, continue to run the clock, and give ourselves the best chance to win, and we did a good job of that. Um, obviously, um, the teams and the offenses uh, that give themselves the best chance to be successful can do both. If you're able to run it and throw it successfully, because you're going to need both. You're going to sometime be in two minutes, sometime you're going to be in four minute. Um, and it is, it's hard to control the game if you can't run the ball effectively. So sometimes the ball goes to the wide out, sometimes it goes to the back, sometimes it goes to the tight ends, just the way it is. Early in that game, when the communication in Lamar's helmet wasn't wasn't functioning, um, uh, I don't even know like um, the best way to put it. Um, you know, so at first, you know, you get that through the headset that Lamar can't hear you. The, so then it's like, all right, T, then signal to him because that's the next line um, of operation. Hey, you're going to signal to him, and then making sure that he gets the signal correctly. Um, I think one of the plays to, he uses as an excuse because I think he just wanted to throw it. He kind of called his own his own number. I said, well, that's going to work out from now on. You can just say, I, I didn't hear you, so I called whatever the hell I wanted. So, um, But he did a great job. Um, Coach Martin did a great job. He did a great job of, again, making sure we were in the correct play. Um, and then we got it switched out and we were fine. You know, really ended up not really being an issue. What's it like for you when you we saw Lamar extend a lot of plays in that game Sunday night? I mean, that's a weekly thing for him. But what's it like for you in the course of that play as you're, as you're watching it happen? Uh, well, the first thing when he extends plays, when you're throwing, is your eyes go to the, the skill guys that are down the field in terms of their scramble rules and how far we've worked to come when you have a two-play quarterback. To me, we're unique. We have a two-play quarterback. They have to defend the first play, and then they've got to defend the second play. And we've got to continue to work to be elite in terms of our scramble rules. And early on in the game, we did that the very first drive. We had two scramble plays that, that converted. Obviously, we had another one that led to a touchdown, you know, the one to Isaiah uh, down the field. So, um, and you'll see that throughout. I mean, we were playing the, the Bengals, and we had a touchdown to Bateman. You know, we had one against the Browns to Zay Flowers, you know, the first time we played. So when you're a two-play quarterback, as I say this all the time with a guy like Lamar, there, there isn't one pass play we're going to call more often than scramble. There isn't. I don't care. Four verts, curl flat, three-level routes, does not matter. There will not be a route we'll call more than our ability to handle when he gets outside the pocket and our scramble rules. Todd, uh, when you're, you know, meeting with John and the other staff about something like fourth down decision making. What is your kind of role in that collaborative process? And is there a level of execution that you want this offense to hit where we could see it being more aggressive in some of those situations where maybe you decide to punt? Sure, and I think that's it's a great point because as you get further into the season, when you play better teams, I shouldn't say that. First of all, that, that is a dumb statement. Every team in the NFL is elite, okay? but as it becomes more competitive, as it gets close and there's more on the line, 
um, you're going to have to be able to go for it on fourth down to keep the football. You're going to have to feel confident in your game planning, whether it's fourth and inches, whether it's fourth and a, you know, two feet, a yard, two yards, three yards, to be able to keep the football um, and score points and keep it away from your opponent. So for sure, and we're all a part of that. Hey, how do you feel? How do you like the plan? Where we're at? What do you guys think? You know, coach is always in communication with us. But for sure, that is a, a huge, huge point. Todd, what have you seen from Lamar in terms of that competitiveness, trying to get cars on the ground while also protecting himself, knowing he has to be healthy down the stretch? No, he wants the ball. I mean, he, he wants the ball in his hands. You know, when it's crunch time, he wants the ball in his hands. I mean, it's pretty obvious. He doesn't, you know, um, as competitive as he is, and he gets fired up, you know, when it comes out most is um, he wants to win more than anything for not only himself but for his teammates, for this organization. When the game's on the line, Lamar wants the ball in his hands. He wants the opportunity to make a play. That's what he's done his whole life. It makes sense that they would want that. Take any great player, elite player, they want to be at bat when the game's on the line. They want the last shot. They want that opportunity. So when he gets frustrated with me is when I take it out of his hands. And that's when he wants to choke me. That's when he wants to wring my neck, you know. What are you thinking there, you know? And he's right. He's right, 100%. You know, he wants the ball in his hands, and he should. What were you thinking now when he made that throw to Lightfoot when that ball was up in the air? You know, <laughs> you know, good stuff, you know? Because you're like, you're up in the box. It was like right at this angle, and you're like, now I'm hoping he's coming back the ball a little bit more, you know, and um, and those are the things you go over in terms of your scramble rules and the ability to be, um, he has a unique ability to place the ball. You know, I thought back when that throw, I thought back to the Cleveland game, the first Cleveland game and that throw in the end zone to Mark Andrews. With the angle I had, I'm like, touchdown, all right, let's go, you know. And um, But you got to gather yourself because all of a sudden you're at the five or the six. Wherever we were on that one, like, okay, what's the next call? Um, so, but what a tremendous play by both of those guys. And those are the things you coach off of, of, you know, how do we continue to work when he gets outside the pocket to be elite in terms of our scramble rules. That was offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. You're listening to the Ravens Press Pass podcast. And the Ravens will be facing off with the 49ers on Monday. It's Christmas night, 8 p.m. game. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. We can't wait for this matchup. Thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button and also leave a rating and a review.